But do you see there being a potential future, especially given like all the shit that we know about the climate and how that is precipitously becoming a completely, you know, past the point of no return moment that we could find any way for that to not be a like very clearly dystopian future. Yeah, but um, I think before we could get to anything like that, there's got to be a period of just chaos. Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today, we are about to have a conversation that I have been literally waiting to have since we started this podcast because I love futurism. <laughs> you know that this is like, Literally, I mean, the, the book that I always talk about, Sapiens, is like so a hardcore like futurist book. But anyway, today we have on Craig Blackmore, who is an artist, and I am just going to let him kind of give whatever spiel you want about yourself. Who what do you think the audience should know about you? Well, I am a digital artist. Um, I am heavily into like crypto technology, AR, VR, AI. Uh, my goal is pretty much to use art to bridge the gap between physical and digital realities. So for people who may not be familiar with AR technology, you can use art to give them their first experience. You could do that with a lot of different things. So that's what I like to focus on is giving people their first digital universe experience creatively. So what? Let's let's start from the beginning. What made you interested in like using like using your art to bridge that gap um well as a kid i always loved cartoons and toys and uh the main reason i loved those things was because i was no longer a kid in a room whenever i was watching a cartoon or playing with the toy i was whatever that character was and i was going wherever the animations took me and I feel like because I was so into that as an adult, I've been places that don't really exist because of, you know, where those animations took me. Mm -hmm. And that was a lot of that, that was really awesome to me as a kid. I could sit in front of this thing. Oh, video games, too. You know, I could play the cartoon character in this fictional world. And I always saw that as. It's, that's a way to escape like literally it's a way to mentally go somewhere else and um it's a little bit more than just a quick experience but if you keep working on what you have here the ability to control a fictional being in a fictional world eventually you'll be able to take real people and place them in a limitless digital or physical world almost instantly and um, just seeing that link is enough to make me want to really mess with that. And growing up, you hear about becoming engineers and scientists, and I, I love it all. You know, if I could, I would just be it all. But it takes so much time, so much cash. And with art, you can learn about all of that. You know, as an artist, you can learn a lot about science and incorporate it into your art. You can... I mean, I use engineering all the time, especially with 3D rendering and, you know, I create jewelry. So I'm always melting metals and using chemistry and acids and all these things. And I, I learned so much at my pace in the way that I want to do it. So um, being an artist 
is the way I see uh, a person could become something, a little bit of everything. You know, when you're creative, you can do that. So cartoons and the ability to get people's minds somewhere else was enough for me to be like, I can I can use this to get people to think so much more than what's in this little box we're put in, man. Because life sucks when you just look at it like it is. <laughs> but um, it it didn't suck to, like, Dolly. You know, these people who made this crazy art, they went other places. So I can't let that go. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of <laughs> I kind of went on there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I think it did. I would love to hear just, like, your pitch about like why you're so stoked for the future (laughs) you know Uh, man because look at look at the recent past i mean there's a lot that happened like a lot chaotic stuff and awesome stuff but look at how quickly we're able to get into space now you know how technology has made space travel something that we could literally put on a calendar for next year we're going to check out this planet or at least try to check out this planet you know like look how quickly i can get information to the other side of the world now look how quickly you can get a package you know i ordered a a exercise bike and it was at my door in like two days and everywhere sold out of it's pretty nuts so i'm like this is just the beginning like every year something new is happening every year some computer is doing something better than us so we don't have to worry about it anymore soon who knows what we'll be able to do you know i read articles about kids in in brazil who don't have much using the internet to learn how to build prosthetics for themselves that's awesome you could download a new limb instead of just (laughs) going somewhere and Buying something with insurance, I don't know. It's That just sounds cool. And these are things that we can already do. We can get 3D printers that sit on our desk and print little parts and things like that. But everyone doesn't have one yet. What What's going to happen when everyone gets a 3D printer like they get a microwave, you know? That's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much crap that's overpriced and overvalued that we should just be able to click print and have it. You know, so just all that open possibility in the near future is exciting. Back in like 1920, I don't know how excited those folks were about the future because things were moving pretty slowly. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll have flying cars in a thousand years like the Jetsons. Right. The Jetsons is everything (laughs) we already have, except it was in some time that you can't comprehend, you know buildings way in the ceiling or in the sky and stuff like that whereas star trek seems way more like way closer now than it probably did when they were making it we can all kind of understand what it would take to get to that point and um that's cool (laughs) because like man you know you're talking about aliens now and i'm not (laughs) shocked because we're there (laughs) yeah i feel like i feel also a sense of excitement for like what we're going to be able to achieve but i have like in the back of my mind a a kind of real skepticism like i'm (laughs) i'm afraid that we're because you know i feel like humans have a track record of using our big scientific advancements for like some dope shit and then some like really really bad shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah and 
I guess I'm afraid of the really, really bad shit. Like, I, the, when you were talking about, like, everyone having access to a 3D printer, I remembered how this, and I, you know, this is not that good of an example because I actually don't think it's going to be a huge problem. But a lot of people were like, damn, like, what if you, like, what if people just use 3D printers to, like, 3D print a gun and just, like, go out and anyone can have a gun See, now, like, you know? That, you just said that that doesn't seem to be a huge problem. I've actually been in groups that are nothing but gun park groups for 3D printing with thousands of people. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I was like, I want to get into 3D printing. I need to find some communities, right? I, I go to three, and they're all just gun nuts. Like, look at how I modified my Glock. And, right. So maybe, oh, so maybe it is going to be a big problem. It's already crazy, man. Look at all these like futuristic video games, man. You got like samurai furries and stuff. That's real. That's gonna happen. You're gonna have people in fursuits with laser guns robbing banks. <laughs> you know, it's not as weird as it seems anymore. Because look, everyone can be who they want to be now, free of judgment. So what's stopping me from being a turtle that is going to blow up? half of a city i don't know what's stopping me is the information that i need to build these things and um and that's how like the government and corporations are trying to control this is by limiting the access we have to these the information and the resources you know i could buy a 3d printer to print cheap plastic stuff right now i can't buy one to print metal things on my tabletop yet right it's not because it's hard to make it's because we don't need everyone to have that yet you know we don't need people so, literally so do you think that do you think that regulate like the government regulation is a good thing or a bad thing it's a good thing in a way because um i'm learning with crypto like i do a lot in crypto if someone just said okay yeah bitcoin is legal to be used as cash now everything will go nuts. There will be people who are crazy rich out of nowhere. There'd be people scamming people and stuff they have no idea about. It needs to be introduced to people properly. And that's where it's the company's job to introduce these things through consumer level goods. Like you're going to have AR capabilities on your phone before you, you're going to get a free HoloLens just because you need to know simply what AR is before you can dive in. So regulation the way it's it should be used is to slow the development to the masses not necessarily to put it all in jeff bezos corner so he can own that it should be you know so everyone can kind of crawl before they walk with it but mm -hmm. um, so yeah that's where i see it as a good thing yeah that, i mean but so it's really interesting to me to think about like that role of the government because obviously almost any kind of like major societal technological shift that you can think of would would have some level of government involvement required one would think right so like you know the flying cars the like you know like <laughs> any of this stuff right and so like <laughs> do you see that as a good thing that the government is kind of like slowing that down in terms of it's like you know release to the masses or do you feel like that's bad I see it as a, I see it as potentially a good thing, but the way it's being done is kind of bad because what's really happening is like with flying cars, if we could legally have flying cars, I would be terrified that something's going to crash into my living room at any given point of the night, you know, <laughs> like that's yeah. scary. 
you got to worry about traffic up there too, you know? Um, so that needs to be, you know, creeped into. But the problem is just because we can't have flying cars doesn't mean that the super soldiers they're developing can't have flying cars. So when the government's like, you can't have these things, but we're actively making them and we're using them in the most brutal way possible. You know, we're flying in on camps and bombing people with them. And then when we figure out how to take all the cool shit off, you can have them, you know, <laughs> that's what's happening. You know, all this, and, you know, if I develop something that is so groundbreaking, the first people who are going to be at my door is the military. You know, Apple can't even touch it. I can't sell it to them. I got to go through all these folks who got to make sure that they can't use this to take over a country real quick. And, um... Mm-hmm which is also kind of helpful. But the problem is when they find this stuff, they're not taking it and locking it away in a doomsday vault. Yeah, they're using it. They're using it, right. And they're when they use it, that opens it up to the black market, which allows these things to catch you off guard before you're prepared to fight it. Mm-hmm. So if they were doing their job and slowly regulating it into existence, it would work. But what they're doing is advancing it for their use and now you're going to meet it from someone else's hands first, used against you. Yeah. And then they're going to have to prevent it, you know? So um, that's that's where it's bad. But regu- it's supposed to be a good thing. It could be a good thing. But it's going to be a profitable and bloody thing first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think about, um, yeah, like facial recognition technology right now, which is like, like we know that not not even just the U.S. government, like, tons of different governments are trying to, um, like, get this to a point where they can, like, reliably, like, use it reliably, whether it be to, like, identify someone on the street that they want to, like, you know, pull into the custody or, like, to guide a specific bullet or weapon to a specific person. And, yeah, like, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard for me to have, like, aggressive optimism about, like, all the cool shit that we're going to get, because I'm, I'm worried that we're going to literally blow ourselves up before we can enjoy it. <laughs> and that's, that's what happens, man. You see all the stuff about the future is very dystopian. It's very survival-based, and that's more realistic than the utopia, green everything, you know, hover backpacks that don't burn anything, you know? Yeah. That's so far away, because... The dangerous stuff is just so much cooler, I guess. You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, when you have the ability to get a thousand people to sit into a room and play a video game for hours in a tournament, right? Why are we still fighting physical wars with other countries? Why don't we get the best war gamers into a room to duke it out virtually with another country and just be like, all right, we lost. We'll try again in four years, you know? Like <laughs> because if you because then because then if you lose and you're the US, then you the, then you still want the thing. Right, <laughs> like, that's the problem. You still want the thing and you're like, okay, well I'm just gonna shoot you in the head then I right, guess. You know? <laughs> you're like, I got cooler shit than video games. Check this out, <laughs> you know? So that's that's where it's like it's not about people and it's not going to be about people when this stuff is invented. They don't care how they can save more lives to get things done. They're always going to try to do damage first. So, you know, just like with the pandemic, it's it's a thing where everyone's sitting here like, 
was this a weapon that went wrong mm. before they're like, oh, snap, evolution, you know? It, so that's um that just shows the world we're living in. We could have the coolest technology, but first it's going to be a weapon, you know, cell so phones. Do you think there's a way, like, given what we know about humanity and the systems that we're living in, to make it more about people? Yes. And this is where it, it could get very tricky. And I feel like that way is to do it in a very unofficial way. Like, if you have a new idea for technology, it, you should take it up on yourself to develop it into a safe thing before you get permits, licenses, try to put it on a shelf. Because the reason why there are things like patents is not just so you can get ownership of your idea, but so your idea can be overlooked as something that you should have ownership of. And... You know, while it's important to have all these legal things set up with your ideas and projects, it's also important that you make sure it's ready for how you want the world to use it or see it. You know, if I invent a flamethrower and I patent the idea before I determine how to make this flamethrower non-lethal or not a weapon, I just made a flamethrower. You know, the first way it's going to be used is as a weapon or some form of, you know. But um, yeah, I feel like it takes the individual creator's integrity to just be like, all right, we're going to, this is awesome, but the world's not ready for this yet, you know, because you expect the government to do that, but that's not what they're doing. They're collecting ideas, you know? Right. There's the, the former head of Wired, the guy who founded Wired, Kevin Kelly, has this quote, which I'm sure I will not quote perfectly accurately, but it's like, there, we've never come up with a technology that couldn't be weaponized true right <laughs> i mean like microwaves man imagine a giant ass microwave you know yeah that's literally like when tesla was coming up with like you know all of his electricity shit he was literally imagining it as like this giant death ray that was gonna destroy the whole world right yeah and yeah. that's why we're a dangerous <laughs> generation you know just like the show we're villains we're destroying everything and that's why we're advancing so quick is because we're destroying everything. The old stuff has to go, you know. But do you see there being a potential future, especially given like all the shit that we know about the climate and how that is precipitously becoming a completely, you know, past the point of no return moment that we could find any way for that to not be a like very clearly dystopian future yeah but um i think before we could get to anything like that there's got to be a period of just chaos because <laughs> i mean it's weird but you got to think about what you're up against right just like with any type of civil rights there isn't you know you may have the support of the person in front of you but there is a machine behind that person that has been developed over hundreds of years that has built in fail safes and built in problems that are just going to come your way. You know, like the legal system is nuts. Things get lost. Things get changed. I, you know, it goes to one guy, goes to another, but then this person, nope. And I was done. You got to start all over, you know? Mm -hmm. So it would require right. a complete change of that machine or a, feet of it or a pull away from it you know like if 
every smart person in this country moved to a desolate area in another country and developed a city cool that's dope but what happens is now one of these big superpowers are going to come in like the mafia and bully you into coming through them oh you need to use our money you need to give us your resources because they'll bomb the u.s government you know so (laughs) so it's like it 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 could be utopian but you got to pay off the right people you gotta keep the wrong people happy you know you gotta burn the old books or at least change them some way but it's gonna take a lot more it's so much easier for it to be dystopian you know it's we're i think that yeah i think that history has shown that like whenever like things always are chaotic before they kind of settle into something that makes more sense right like it is like like we have a period of open season for something like i'm thinking of isabel and i just did a nuke episode where we like watched like a uh a show like talking about nukes and like some of the effects of like that nukes had on the world. And like, you know, it was like, we dropped, we developed the bombs, we dropped two of them. And then for like a period of like a decade, like every country was constantly developing and testing nukes. Like one, like one, every one, nine days. Yeah. One, one off in the world every nine days. (laughs) And then, and then someone had to be like, and, like, you know, and, like, by nature of that, we got, like, some things like nuclear technology and, like, some, you know, some other stuff. But, you know, then, I, like, a, a, a global effort, it took a global effort to finally get, like, countries to stop just, like, blowing up nukes everywhere. Like, like you can't, like, no, this is, this is hurting the world. You can't do this anymore. And, like, we can't just, like, all live under the threat of being disintegrated at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. and it's like these weapons are still being developed i mean recently in the news i heard about the guy the nuclear scientist in iran got killed by a robot gun you know (laughs) that was triggered by a satellite you know that someone triggered a satellite the ai on this gun spotted his face blasted him in the driver's seat of his car and didn't injure anyone else in the car you know, and it's just like all that's going on right now while we're doing whatever we're doing. And it's using the technology that we are teaching, you know, that we scroll and teach people how to ID faces with all of our selfies. They're learning how to differentiate who's who. Right. And you, you think that would help you find missing children or lost people or displaced persons. But no, it's helping you blast <laughs> nuclear scientists with an Xbox controller a well, thousand I, miles away. Well, perversely, I also suspect it yeah. probably is doing maybe something to help lost children or sex traffic children or whatever. But, like, you can't have that without the, also the ability to, like, you know, right. shoot people in the face or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like when it's like, when people say, well, why aren't you using this technology for this? Then the government or whoever will then turn to say, well, you do it, start a business and do it. And that that's really what it takes. It takes for people to say, all right, I want to change how this is used. I want to change what this is for. And they can try to do that on their own, but you got to go through that system before it's taken seriously. And that's the system that shuts you down. If you have anything too powerful. Yeah. So that's where that chaos. I, right. Just quick sidebar, quick sidebar. Craig, where would you place yourself on the like lawful chaotic good evil scale? Um, 
I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm pretty chaotic good, I guess. Okay. Okay. Not a bad place to be. I, yeah. I'm, I'm one of the, I'm on a teeter. Cause I think all the time, you know, I watch movies and the villains are my favorite because they have so much going on up here while the heroes are kind of just doing their job, you know? That's literally why, like, that is really the premise of this show is that, like, the heroes are always just, like, completely blindly following the status quo. And you're like, wait, the only reason you're doing this is, like, you, you're you an orphan and you just lost your parents? Like, <laughs> right. <what>? Exactly. <laughs> and then it's like, Batman's rich, you know? So that's a cool superpower, I guess. But, yeah, no. But it's like, how did you get there? It doesn't feel like it, like took this big moral trajectory in the same way that actually it seems like a lot of the villains are having this really complex like evaluation of like what does our society look like and why and like how can we like actually subvert the status quo which is actually what all of us want yeah right? <laughs> but obviously then they're framed as doing it in like the worst most violent possible way but like we actually all do kind of want the status quo to change mm-hmm. yeah they just like right they always just, i mean they write the villains to have like one critically bad like what like one critically bad logic choice right like i've, ta- I've said this before you know thanos yeah, yeah there's a big problem resources are dwindling and it seems like the wrong thing to do when you get all the power in the universe is to kill half of everybody <laughs> when you can just as easily double the resources available <laughs> right yeah but and i feel like you know i do feel like there's a future in which science can help us effectively do that right like we, I mean, renewable energy exists. It's, it's a thing. There's just no, there's just no capital incentive for right now for people, or for like you know for countries to like push into it, except for the fact that soon ish, tens of millions of people will yeah, die. Soon ish, <laughs> a lot of people there will be no society anymore, and so like that's what, you know, that's for me, kind of like the the tipping point, and is is like, I think that we, as a society, can have a really dope future. But but we have got to start, like, pulling some levers and using some of the tech that we have, like, literally, like, for good instead of evil. <laughs> yeah. And and we have to, you know, make some decisions that are going to cost a lot of money now to save us in the future. And, like, I don't think – I think historically we're very bad at that. Yeah. And to tie this all together, because we also recently had a, a mental health episode people wonder why millennials are like so anxious and depressed and it's like this is the shit we're thinking about constantly yeah that's it (laughs) you know i've met so many folks who are like i'm doing good i'm recycling all this stuff and i'm like where is it going and then they just they follow the trail and realize it ends up on the ground somewhere you know like these programs are overworked a lot of times we're shipping clothes to go sit in someone else's pile you know and we're shipping plastic to go yeah and just be trash somewhere else that's it yeah and, um i admit that i didn't really know how recycling worked until someone was like you know that like there's a you know there's like a, an abundance of, of junk right now and like a lot of recyclings ended up going into landfills anyway. And then I was like, oh. and China just stopped taking yeah, all of our China plastic recently or whatever. Right? So, so yeah, you know, and I was like, of course, like recycling is a business. Of course it is. Like, why would it, like, I was dumb to believe that it was ever purely altruistic. Right. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you just think about simple things like, all right, how can 
flower be packaged in paper but cereal can you know or just like these things like if they wanted to use less waste they could you know if they wanted to make things reusable they could people are just not doing it companies are not doing it because it's cheaper to keep doing it the way that they've been doing it they have this whole system set up and it's just easier to keep it that way and it's how do you fight it how do you stop because that's a part of the dystopia too we're gonna be living in garbage final fantasy style you know (laughs) it's like what can you do yeah what can i do i can't program anything to stop that i can't create the artwork to stop it it takes a villain maybe or it takes a bunch of people to just be like let's burn it all down that chaos it has to happen if you actually want to stop it but it's so much easier to just sink into the weird dystopian world yeah i was literally just listening to a podcast today where there was like a uh, there's an episode of the Ezra Klein show where the guy was a science fiction writer and he was like, yeah, when are we going to start literally he, he, all he writes about is eco, like terrorism, eco science fiction. And like, when are we going to start treating the fact that these like secretaries of state and these like, you know, people who are in charge of our government are basically committing these war crimes. And it, when are we going to start treating that as an actual, you know, act of war? Right. Because those other countries like Mozambique, their capital is going to be underwater by the end of like the 2030s. Right. Mm. (laughs) And that's because of us. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, it it has nothing. It has nothing to do with Mozambique. It has everything to do with the shitty other nations that are destroying their planet, the planet. And it's like people can't equate it to war because most people are kept very far away from the idea of war. We see it on TV. We play it in video games. We don't know what war is. A lot of those countries know what war is. They know what it feels like to be fought by their government. And we still elect the shiny suit people that lie to us. We don't know what war is. So. I'm curious um, what your thoughts are around AI and like whether you see that. Because that was one thing that you were mentioning that you really like think is going to be a... a majorly societally disrupting force and i've been i'm actually just reading life 3.0 which is like all about ai and it starts off with this like hypothetical allegory of these researchers creating this like all power ai they call prometheus and like they start off by like they're going on Mechanical Turk and just like, you know, doing some arbitrage where they like, you know, use Amazon AWS to like do all of this, like make a ton of money. And then they start making a media company and then they start like, you know, putting people in positions of power because algorithmically you can just determine what people are going to vote for and like what ads are going to appeal to the most people. And then they start going on the stock exchange and then they start like, you know, everything like medicine, like everything. It just can like really you know, have take over the world in a lot of ways because so many of these things, like we think humans can't do better than machines, but like they're already winning like, you know, essay writing contests and shit like that, right? With AI. It's inevitable. It's the future. You got to get ready for it. You got to figure out um, what separates human from AI and you got to really, really hone your abilities to strengthen that, you know? Um, AI determines what we see on all of these social media websites. It determines what we see when we ask Google a question. Uh, it determines who wins elections. You know, we don't we don't think it does, but it actually does. Um, it determines 
what people want to eat in certain areas now is is changing things in ways that a lot of people don't realize AI is taking the wheel at, um, taking the wheel. It's going to be driving us soon, you know, (laughs) and we're training it to do this. And the way we're training it is think about this year, right? Podcasts happen. More people are writing and teaching about what they do versus actually doing it. They're taking a break to create courses and to have all these how to's AI can read just like us. So when I read a how to, it may take me three times to get it. It takes a computer one time to get it and they don't even have to read it like me. They can read it faster. So Every time we put something into this network, the internet or any social media network or any network, we are programming whatever they're programming or whatever their main product is. So we're not far from these things. There's AI who you can type what you want. Like say, if you want to design a website, you type, I want my website to have this, this, that, and that. And in seconds, it codes it for you. You know, we're already there. So it's something that it's no point of being afraid of it because, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen and nothing's on fire. Well, I guess things are on fire, but nothing new is on fire yet. And um, it's we need to learn how to control it. You know, Our, the biggest weapon in the future is going to be the hacker because they know how to get into AI's brain and mess things up like a virus can to a person. It's the same way. We're now fighting another life form that we created, or I guess we're not fighting it yet, but we will one day be fighting it. You're going to get pulled over by a robot soon. You're going to get stopped and questioned by a machine one day. It's already being tested. So it's kind of creepy, but not really, because machines have some limits that we don't have. And if we can understand that, then just like in Terminator, how the dogs could always detect robots. I feel like there will be something eventually, maybe not our generation, maybe not the next generation, but soon people will be able to detect machines in a way because we evolved on a, well, we do evolve on a natural way. So I don't know. I feel like in the future, humans will be a little bit better equipped by mother nature to handle AI. But right now, we're going to be in a period of creating this thing. This thing may backfire. It's going to be used against us. And we're going to have to learn how to fight it, you know? Yeah. So how do you feel about, like, you know, the future of our work and, you know, how so many people are just going to be unemployed, are already unemployed, right? I mean, obviously, you have kind of the Andrew Yang UBI approach of like, okay, let's just give these people some money, like at least in the short term that can try to like, mitigate some of those really, like disastrous effects. Right now, your most valuable asset is your data. So if you want to protect yourself, when you lose your job to a machine, you need to make sure we monetize our data, we monetize We need these websites that are so big that they're giving us free services. We need them to pay us for what we're actually giving them. We're not just using Facebook to communicate because we can communicate thousands of other ways now. So we're using Facebook because they want us to come back to get our data. We need to monetize that data. We need to monetize all the information we put into these websites, even if it's for small amounts of money, we're online enough that Clicking like should get you a penny. You know, how many things do you like in a year? You don't know now, 
But when you get a penny per like, you may know, you know, you may realize that. And pennies, no one cares about paying pennies. Spotify does it all the time, right? So they are figuring out how to pay us as little as possible for data when we need to be figuring out how much we want for our data. So when you no longer have your job, you should still be able to get a universal base income based off of the activity that you are giving these platforms and all of the information that you are giving these platforms. If you do it that way, you're still getting paid to work, just not physical hard labor. You're getting paid to browse things, read things, share things. And, you know, a lot of that is how crypto networks are set up. These new social media networks in like on Ethereum or on uh, Wax or things like that, they pay you to upload small amounts of their coin and their coin could spike one day and be worth hundreds and you cash out, get some money or their coins, whatever it typically is, a penny or something. But in the end of the day, you realize, oh, I read so much, I liked and shared so much, I just made a dollar. Cool, you know? So I think that's the solution, at least for right now, for what's about to happen with people getting put out of work is we need to figure out how to monetize our data. And that can open us up to more freedom to learn new skills because AI is not going to do everything. You know, AI can't program itself that well yet. You know, we still need programmers, still need IT people. We still need people that um, that control the data, you know, ISPs. There's not that many internet service, internet service providers, you know, mm-hmm. people can start their own networks. It's just nobody really thinks about how to do that because there's so many other things that you can learn how to do and hop right into. Well, when those things aren't available, more people will start to think, how do I get a piece of this? You know, but um, I do think monetizing your data is the way to keep a little bit of cash in everyone's pocket all the time. Wow, that is super interesting because that idea actually when we we had an episode where we were talking with a friend about the the social dilemma and one of the things that they were talking about is how we could potentially get paid for that exact, you know, like because they're getting paid per impression, right, for all of the Mm -hmm. ads that we're looking at each day. But that really took it to a whole next level of like maybe that could be how people literally have an income and like have be have that be the way they survive (laughs) yeah i mean influencers kind of did it first with monetizing their following and that following led to likes and that's what people paid them for was to get those likes and those hits but the influencer bubble's kind of popping or at least it's changing in a way so now that any you know someone with so many followers that looks good can't keep a true following there still only reaching a small amount of people. It takes a little bit more to keep that following. But um, they had the right idea of making money for posting their pictures or making money for going to this place. You you write reviews for Google, eventually they'll reward you. I got a free pair of socks from Google just from reviewing a bunch of stuff. It was kind of random, but I'm like- I do. I do Google surveys. Yeah, you know, like, and they give you like like ten or twenty cents for doing their survey. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I do surveys for Facebook, and they'll pay in gift cards, and sometimes a lot of cash. Well, a lot of gift card cash. But if that (laughs) cash was real, that could be a side gig. You know, it it just takes that small thing. But Mm -hmm. the question is, how do you, you know, how do you 
coerce platforms that are currently getting your data for free to, to ever pay you to do the same thing they're they're currently getting for free. Man, I don't. I feel like that's got to be a regulation. Thing, that, that's right? where you would hope your government, your your representative government, could represent you, right? But that's not <laughs> what they do. So it's like, what can you do if we get a, a billion people to call Facebook and say, "Yo, pay us, or we're gonna like fight you." A billion people fighting Facebook kind of that sucks. They don't want that. So maybe they'll start doing something. But that's what your government is supposed to represent. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Only other way is to stop using that platform and go use something that works the way you want to. But it's easier to follow that dystopian line, to stay where you are, to keep giving up your data for free. It takes that extra step to change it to make sense. Yeah. That's why I'm like, dystopian, we're headed there because it's so easy, man. <laughs> get a gas man get a gas mask don't hoard the wrong stuff get water because they're not gonna clean it you know well so are you are you are you are you a doomsday prepper no no <laughs> i don't have time for all that man the way i i feel like i prep for the situation by staying pretty mobile you know like um I like having powerful laptops, not giant towers that I have to do extra things to take with me. You know, a lot of my equipment can fit in a big bag so I can just out of here, see it where it's not on fire. You know, <laughs> that's the future. It sucks to say that's what's about to happen. You know, I, in Detroit, sometimes it's beautiful outside and sometimes all you smell is chemicals because within five miles is an oil refinery. There is an incinerator that's always going off. There's just so much. And you think going to the suburbs or way out, you're going to get away from that. No, they're getting the smog too. And I can't stop them. I can't. There's neighborhoods are suing these companies every year. You know, mm -hmm. nothing's going to stop Marathon Gas. Right. Yeah. The only thing that can stop me. And when you think about those things, our country's really not that big, right? Because we were seeing smoke from those California wildfires this summer on the East Coast. Yeah. It's crazy. So when someone's getting mad at you for throwing away a plastic cup, but they can't breathe because of something going on on the other side of the country, they're a little confused at what's happening here. You know? Damn, damn. Yeah. For me, it's always. It's always coming down to climate change when I think about the future. I'm like, we got to do something that isn't this, and we have to do it soon. And But I don't know how to make that happen. <laughs> but that's so like inextricably tied to our technological progress because everything that we do from a technological standpoint like rides on burning carbon and energy and like, you know, in some capacity. Right. Yeah. And creating scarcity. That's the scariest part mm -hmm. about uh, what's happening to the environment is that while everyone else is saying, man, these animals are becoming extinct, this mineral is becoming harder to find, clean water is becoming non-existent. All the money is saying, good, let's bet on it. You know, good. Let's make money on that. Think about it. Water is a future now. You know, water is something that you can bet on its scarcity. What's going to stop somebody from contaminating fresh water sources if they have the ability to? Because now their investment will go up if that water is harder to use. 
You know, companies like Nestle who bottle up fresh water are making sure that they become that gateway to a valuable product. They're the only people, or not the only people, but one of the few industries that can clean enough water. So now you got to buy their product because your water is not clean. I look at Flint, like Flint's water situation. Mm -hmm. When that situation went public, they had a dollar amount on how much it would cost to fix it. Yet people <laughs> like Elon Musk spent more than that dollar amount to put filters in schools. That doesn't make any sense. You have the money and you're going to give it to him. Why not fix the problem? Because it paid more people for him to use another company to install filters that have to be changed out every couple months than it does to just fix the issue. You know, and that's the disconnect. Everyone out here is saying, stop it. And the companies are looking at you like, stop what? You know, I'm, <laughs> I did a thousand things. I help people. What do you mean stop? You know, but they don't get that the way they think is all different. They're trying to get people paid. And, and it's not necessarily their fault because large corporations legally have to make a profit. They have to make money. They have to pay certain taxes. So it's like if they just said, all right, I'm done. Then someone's gonna go to jail. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it sucks. We're we're all being messed with, and that's why I'm like, you can't just turn it off. Somebody's got to stop this shit train and be like, all right, guys, time to knock it over. Once all the shits on the ground, after we knock it over, we're gonna have to clean it up. You know, mm -hmm. and it's so much easier to just sit back and hold your breath. You know. Damn. The last question before we hop off is, um, so when you say chaos, right, or like stopping the shit train or whatever, what exactly do you mean? Because we've had <laughs> we've had episodes where we've been talking about like the violent revolution. We've been talking about like the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, the like, slow, like you know, incremental change that we've been seeing, or, right? Like, you know. Yeah, what do you mean when you say that? Chaos is when homeostasis is just way off. When balance is so off that it's hard to see how to get back to it. Um, when things have the potential, when uncertainty is at an all time high, you know, when no one can just say, hey, let's stop and give everyone cookies. It's now every problem. Like uh, the protests earlier this year were chaotic because there was so much going on in each individual involved, so many emotions. You know, so many reasons why people were doing what they were doing to make their statement. And when that's happening, there's no way to stop it except for the cops to create a wall of weapons or whatever. You know, like that's what they do. So, of course, that's not going to go over with everyone else. So, bam, more chaos happens. And then other states see it and they're like, huh, I don't like that. I want to break something. All right. So, like, Okay, that's just what happens in chaotic situations. So I see chaos as when that balance is just so thrown off that it's affecting other people and other groups and throwing off their balance. It's just, yeah, there's no balance in sight and it's not easy to get back to balance is when I see chaos. And it doesn't have to be bad. There could be, you know, good chaos. You know, a lot of stuff is revealed when things are chaotic. You know, like, not to get political, but I didn't, I'm not a huge fan of politics, um, obviously. But when Trump got elected, I couldn't do anything but laugh because I'm like, this is it, guys. 
This is that wrench in the system. This is chaos. TV man just became your president. So the world is about to see what's really going on over here. Everyone's going to get snapped out at one point or another and say, like, that's not right. And hopefully realize that that's how business is as usual in this country. You're just seeing it now or you're hearing it now. And um, and it's it's chaotic. It's pretty nuts. There's a lot of people who have completely different beliefs today than they did four years ago. Yeah. Tons of people have been activated as a result of what has happened over these past four years. And that's chaos. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people. Yeah, that's <laughs> chaos. It's it's not done yet. You know, this election ain't slowing nothing down because people can't help but to notice things now. And yeah, it's going to get crazy. And it's I don't know what's going to calm things down, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. Well, first of all, Craig, uh, thanks so much for sitting with us and and talking about how scary the future is or how not scary it is, depending on what direction you're looking in. Um, The question that I've been giving first time guests during the pandemic is what have you been doing to stay sane or to not stay sane or to cope in these past, you know, eight, nine months that we've been inside? Uh, Stay creative. And I've I've just been staying creative and. I keep trying to develop myself, you know, learn new stuff, try new stuff, act like a kid. Kids didn't watch the news because they were so busy just playing with stuff and trying out stuff and getting their own bruises. And that's what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. What uh, before we get out of here, what do you want to plug? You're an artist. So tell us where to find you. Cblackmore.com uh, is where everything is. That's letter C and Blackmore with two O's. Um, Sir Blackmore on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.com slash Sir Blackmore. Or you could just Google Craig Blackmore. You'll find some stuff. And yeah, that's where I'm at. Cool. Virtual. We'll, throw, we'll throw all of that into the show notes. Um, and as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us at I'm the Villain Pod. That's our Twitter. That's our Gmail. And that's our Instagram. Otherwise, bye. <laughs>